What's going on, folks? This is your resident moviegoer. And we're here to talk about a nice, captivating, intriguing, yet strange film that I uh, watched back in the month of October. It's entitled Decision to Leave. It is a Korean film. It is, uh, they labeled it in the noir genre. So it has some unique detective work, uh, overlaying narrative and a twisted sensibility. I did not watch this film with dubs or with a dub, should I say. Uh, I watch any foreign language film with subtitles. Just always grew up watching them that way and I prefer them that way because I think and I believe that dubs don't translate well and sometimes they're just overkill but anyway on to my experience at the theater this is my second time going to the Alamo Draft House down on Liberty Street in Manhattan here in New York And to say the least, I guess I put this on myself. I was running a little behind. So I was at the gym. I was working out. I thought I had a good time. I got on the train. And I figured to myself, it shouldn't take me more than half an hour to get down to Liberty Street from 66th Street. I was wrong, I guess. <laughs> I waited a little bit too long, or I took too long uh, with my shower or eating or whatever. I don't know. But once I got down to the theater, I think it was like 4.05 in the afternoon on a Monday. And the movie started at 3.45, I want to say. So Alamo Draft House has a very strict policy on lateness for films. They do not let you rock. You get there late. They're not letting you in. You lose your money, but you sign up for that. It's in their policy terms and agreement thing. Um, when you reserve tickets online and through their application. So I knew this going in and I said to myself, man, it's only going to be 10 minutes max that I'm going to be late. So by the time I get to the, uh, I want to say, let's call him the concierge at the main desk at the Alamo draft house. Cause they don't have like ticket people or whatever the case is. 
He checks my ticket and he tells me, hey man, the theater's closed. You can't go in there anymore. And I remember when I went to purchase the ticket, I think it was a week or two prior, I had been the only one to purchase a ticket to watch this movie at this time. Then, on my train ride to the station, or should I say, to the theater, I checked to see if I were to buy another ticket for that movie at that time. I was still the only person to have a ticket for that movie at that time on that day. We go back to the concierge at the Alamo. And I'm like, damn, man, I messed up. That's my bad. It's on my season pass. That's like a strike against you. If you miss a movie and you don't cancel in time or if you're late, Alamo can decide to revoke your season pass. I didn't want to have that on my on my record. So the dude he let me go props to him props to the dude at the Alamo he realized oh shit you're the only one booked for this movie go ahead man go ahead so whatever I go downstairs I had already missed all the previews which was fine to me and the movie had just started literally I get into the theater I go into my seat and I only notice there's there's one person sitting in this theater besides me. And I found that to be weird because there had been no other purchase ticket online just 20 minutes prior. Probably a random person who walked into the theater and bought a ticket for the, for the movie. I go ahead and I sit down. Subtitles start to appear on the uh, on the screen, and I start watching. From the outset of the movie, you get some comedic stylings uh, from the partner of the main protagonist in the movie. You understand the type of lifestyle that the protagonist in the movie is living. He's a cop. He's in this weird space in his marriage. And he's into solving these very obscure cases. With all that being said, he then meets a young lady who just lost her husband in a mountain climbing accident. So the plot of the movie goes ahead. And basically, this young lady 
had been seeking out the protagonist, this detective, the entire time. She was committing these weird murders throughout the movie so that he would be the one to be the detective in charge charge of these cases so she can be around him that's the twisted part about it it is a twisted romance she finds these men she marries these men or she's in relationships with these men they're rich men and she ends up killing them just to have this detective take on these cases and be the one to interrogate her ask her questions comfort her uh, go to her home and basically watch over her and the dude sunk in he he played into her twisted ass fantasy or world that that she had developed with all this murder to say that the film was interesting is to put it lightly you have to watch the film to immerse yourself in this world from a technical standpoint the sound design was incredible the backdrop and the locations they shot at in Korea were beautiful you had some beach landscapes, uh, city landscapes, um, both like in outskirt areas and in metropolitan areas. And the characters, all the characters from the protagonist, the detective, uh, the antagonist love interest murderer yet misunderstood I I don't even know what to call her but she was such a complex character I just found that to be super refreshing and cool and new Um, the woman who played the detective's wife even she had good depth to her she wanted to keep this marriage going she thought that uh, having sex on a regular basis would continue 
a strong marriage, making sure they always ate meals together. But it was only a weekend marriage. The detective barely slept, and if he did, it would probably be in his car, during stakeouts or investigations, and most dangerously, sometimes he'd nod off while he was driving on the road. And I mention all this to say that the detective, the main protagonist in the film, he loved his wife, but he knew that the marriage was dull and it really wasn't going anywhere. So when the antagonist, the other woman, the murderer, when she came into play, he was just, the first part of it was he wanted to solve these cases. But then getting to know her the widow, the murderer, the other woman. (laughs) He started to fall in love with her. At one point during the movie, um, she committed a certain crime in one town. That specific case of that murder she committed was then closed because they found someone else to take the rap for the murder she committed. And so then she moved to another town and then married another man and murdered that man. The detective then takes it upon himself to go to this other town and solve this other murder. And he realizes it's the same woman. Fascinating. <laughs> I tell you, this is just, it's something, I know I'm not, I'm not explaining it well, but just the sense of how it all unfolded was done in such a good and masterful way. I was left dumbfounded, impressed. I felt for the woman who was the murderer. It was, I I didn't even know how to feel. And, um, like I said, the partners that the main detective slash protagonist had in both towns were used as comedic relief. And they played their parts to the T. Those specific act, act that the actor in the first town and the actress in the second town. This movie came together so well that I can't do anything else but recommend it. People should go out and watch this movie. Um, 
Um, if people feel like this is a streaming film, that's fine. But like that theater experience at the Alamo Draft House was so. That's why you go to the movies. That's that's what I felt after I was done watching the film. And I think for me, when I rank my films of 2022 so far, it's up there in my top five. Like everything, everywhere, all at once, still number one. The Batman still number two. Decision to leave is really number three. And Wakanda Forever sits at four. Now, at five, I would say Triangle of Sadness is holding that spot. Everything else falls to the wayside. But I also have a bunch of other movies to watch uh, from now until December 31st. So we'll see if anything else makes it into that list. But to give you guys a little background here, let's uh, let's hit the Rotten Tomatoes for a quick bit. I just want to see what the what the split between the critics and the audience is. So in this this case, decision to leave is described in the mysteries and thriller slash crime genre. Um, critics. 184 reviews at a 94% certified fresh. And the audience score was an 88%. So both critics and fans like myself. And I actually believe I left a Ryan Tomatoes review for this movie. Uh, this movie's at uh, 250 plus ratings from an audience score standpoint. So this movie was well liked all around, but from a box office standpoint, it's not the biggest movie. Uh, so far, the box office gross is at 1.2 million in the U.S. So nothing great, but yet again, it's not one of those major tentpole films. And mind you, it's also a foreign film. Those don't do uh, great box office-wise here in the U.S. So with that being said, folks, I want to, as always, thank you all for listening. I hope you got the sense of how much I like this movie. 
intriguing and fascinating I found it I definitely recommend it I'm not too sure if it's on streaming as of yet but I'm sure it will be soon decision to leave top 5 of 2022 so far appreciate y'all folks I'll stop it here have a good one